Welcome once again to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is Ben Man Begins, and with me in his own cave is... Woo! Andrew, everybody. Glad to be here. Upgraded the Andrew Cave. I know, and I gotta, I gotta upgrade are. mine now. After seeing upgrade. what I'm seeing over here. There's visuals, this. baby! <laughs> if you're yes. on the oral listeners, you gotta take a gander at this. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm a YouTuber now. Hel helmet in the background. I gotta say real quick off the top, I yep. graduated film school in 06, 2006. Ah, okay. The iPhone comes out in 2008. Social media changes everything slowly but surely. Like, making a video used to be, like, such a special thing. Mm hmm And now, like, every fucking body in the goddamn universe does it. Mm hmm It's just... And edits. Edit, edit, editing, putting a dissolve in music in a fucking video <laughs> used to be a thing. Used yeah. to be a skill. Now, now everyone could do it. Now no, it's not even. No one gives a fuck about that. It's like saying mm -hmm. I can use Microsoft Word. Anyway, we're doing Batman Begins unused art, everybody. Indeed, yes, it is. When we release this episode, it will also be the week release of not just Barbie, but Oppenheimer. So Woo! the first you got your time tickets? that uh, me, yeah, uh, I do not. Do you? I got IMAX seventy millimeter projection. Nice city walk. No, you those are sold oh. out for two or three weeks. I had Jesus. to get ones at Edwards in Ontario. This is California yeah. speak, everybody. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. but it's a special Nolan occasion. Yeah, this is uh, Nolan collaborating and finally putting Killian Murphy in the lead role in Oppenheimer. So you that, know. Uh, of course, ties into Batman Begins because that's the first time that they ended up working together was in this movie. So. Awesome. It kind of fits in with what's going on. Did I plan that deliberately? Maybe. So, <laughs> you have a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, what we have is uh, we're going to dive into the unused concept art for Batman Begins, uh, starring Christian Bale, which will remind people who was not he was not offered to cameo in the Flash. That was something that people made up after listening to Kevin Smith, where he he speculated on you know imagine if Warner Brothers offered it to Bale, and he said no, and then they went to Clooney. So check out our episode called Batman Beyond and Bale Cameo Debunked for talking about that. I love but, this uh, thumbnail, by the way, Dan. Good job on that one, buddy. Yes, thank you, Dan, a research assistant who did the thumbnails, and he does the thumbnails for us, but he did this one too, and uh, of course we had to get that crazy Keaton picture in there too. <laughs> That's one of the best. <laughs> he's, get, he's, he's, he's been getting nuts. We've got uh, we have three videos of that image alone. <laughs> I keep using it. <laughs> and we're going to have more. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we get. I would never stop using that photo. <laughs> <laughs> but what we have is, yeah, as we said, unused concept art from Batman Begins. A lot of this comes from the book, The Art of Batman Begins, which I have here, written by Mark Cotavaz. I have this from 2005, my copy. Even the, the glue on the binding is coming off from how much I looked at it. Oh, uh, man. 2005. It's one of my first concept art uh, or art books. Uh, of like that had movie art in it. I think my very first one for superhero stuff was uh, Spider-Man 2002 with Raimi. Uh, That's this cool. is my first Batman one. So this is the thing that you do like one movie a year or so you'll get a concept art book. Um, I mean, I don't have like a formal, like I don't have like a formal tradition of it, but like it was one of those things where like it was available. We were really, you know, my, my family knew I was really anticipating the movie. So my mom went out and got me this. Thanks, Mom. Okay. And because uh, <laughs> I was in high school at the time and really anticipating the movie. And so she got it for me. And I, you know, I'm pretty sure I went through it even before I saw the movie. They were pretty good at not having 
spoilers, I think, in here. Or maybe I waited till later. I don't remember, but I do remember really loving this book and, and flipping through it. And we're going to uh, impart a lot of it here. So I'd get a I'd get a, them every now and again. Yes. Um, well, some of my some of my photos are in the Aquaman book, everybody. Just check oh, yeah. them out. That's true. So that's true. there's that. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I did you. want to start with this is in the beginning of that book. This is a great concept art shot of something that is not in the movie done by Andrew Williamson. And we can see there's a little foreshadowing of some stuff we would uh, see a little later. It is the shot of presumably Bruce Wayne looking out of the Wayne Enterprises was kind of done, but at night in a Turkish Airlines <laughs> commercial with Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I would say the colors here are very reminiscent of the Batman with Bruce looking That's out true. as Batman. The, they went with the kind of dawn magic yeah. hour look for the whole movie, which which kind of separated it from other Batman movies, which is which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and I liked kind of the... It's, it's not quite the same type of... Uh, shade, I think, because there's a little bit more reds in the Batman. Yeah. But like the the bat Batman Begins also has like bronze and orange as well, like the feeling of dawn. You know, when you look at the yeah. the poster with like the silhouette of Bale, he's like in front of you know the the behind him. It looks like you know dawn. Uh, so like that was that's always been pretty cool because it's like it's the beginning. You know, it's the beginning of Batman in both iterations of Batman uh, with these movies. So that's a pretty cool right. A new like, dawn, visual. a new beginning. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I love this. This is one of my favorites that are in the book, so I thought we would start with that. Plus, or Dan a new had it dusk, in the dusk yeah, maybe for Batman at the beginning of the nighttime. True. Yeah, he's just waiting for it to go down so he can shoot yeah. up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it. That's that's what's cool yeah, about. That's it. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, cool. So uh, we're going to go through. We have a few sections here uh, on what's uh, what we've got. So the first section is actually what's at the beginning of the art book, which is the Batmobile. So we've talked about this before. This is this is uh, kind of the car model kit they put together, and they put bits and pieces of it, and and cut pieces of it to glue it back together to form the makings of the tumbler. As we can see here, we've got the kind of the skeleton of the tumbler, but it's not quite what we would see in the movie. It's kind of like an early version, and we kind of cover this too in the unmade Batmobiles. But it's been a good year or two since we did that episode, so yeah, bringing this back. Uh, and then we got, we got these clay models that we talked about back then. Oh, God, <laughs> just so not look good. Yeah, <laughs> I know they're trying to wrap their head around the design, and mm-hmm. it's so different from everything we've ever seen. But you know, it just looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> At the it's end like of the day, bloody shit. A lot of people <laughs> like the tumbler. A lot of people yeah. like the tumbler, though, man. Like we've seen it in the comments. We've seen it. You know, mm-hmm. talking to, talking to people. Maybe it's just us. I don't know. I think it's just, uh, I mean, I don't hate it, and I do love that it has a showcase to it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not, it's not my favorite. I don't think it's the worst one. Like, we nah, didn't rank well, it as the worst one in the, in the rankings anyway, but... Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, this this beginning clay version, you're just... It's, it's kind of a miracle it turned into what it turned into, because it just looks like a bloody frog head or something. It well, just does not look great. They're just trying to hash out the basic form I know, in this yeah. first one, but, y- you know, it's... I don't know why they even thought this was cool. It's just it's just not my design, man, at all. Mm-hmm. And not you can see, yeah, like an early Tumblr design with kind of a bronze bat head type of thing here because people have brought up like, hey, the Tumblr looks like a bat with the like wings folded in itself. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's just not the type of bat. It's not the bat design I would want in a Batmobile. Yeah. So, you know, stick to the fins and stuff. But that's what we have here. 
Uh, but we also have concept art of the inside, the interior of the tumbler, uh, the like the different parts, the seat here, uh, as well as uh, all the different controls and displays uh, that you would expect to have in the Batmobile. And uh, even some concept art of Batman himself in it, where he looks... Um, well, he seems like a lot more laid back in this in this art than he does in the movie when he's uh, when he's going through. But uh, this is kind of just them playing around with what the interior would look like. Uh, it looks cool to me. That was okay. Yeah, uh, this is this might say Wayne Enterprises on the seat there. Of course, he would have to remove that when he's yeah. driving around. <laughs> oh yeah, paint over that. It's kind of not. It's kind of good there. Yeah. Whoopsie. Uh, and there's another one. I kind of like this concept art. It's kind of cool because it's it looks very. Uh, like it looks like something out of an animated cartoon show, you know. Oh yeah, the, the way that Batman looks here, it does not quite look like a uh, concept art, but it's it's kind of awesome, in its own way. Yeah, it's cool. I, I don't mind this. Yeah. So and then this frontal shot <laughs> of something that looks a little close to what we get in the movie of like how he drives, uh, the like the front part of the tumbler, uh, that will eventually become the Bat Pod when we get to the Dark Knight, but uh, that's pretty cool. So yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty early. Yeah, as we can see, like a lot of the concept art when we come to the Nolan films might not be as exciting as some of the past stuff because usually I think what they were originally thinking of, they would end up getting. So, you know, like there was nothing really that crazy about the early Tumblr designs. It's not like there's these hidden, like secretly more comic accurate Batmobile designs for this movie. It was kind of always going to be some sort of tank type of thing that was like that with the wheels in the front. So uh, we'll go through it, and, and uh, we'll point out some differences here and there. But for the most part, there's not anything, like, super crazy or just like, oh, man, like, that's, that's totally different from what we got. Like, no, pretty much everything's in the, got the same DNA. Uh, so this is Gotham True. as kind of like a model of it, which looks pretty cool. I think, I think that might be Arkham in the front there. Okay. Because uh, it kind of looks like that. The big building the big, yeah. the, in white? Yeah, uh, I think so. So this that would mean that this is the narrows section right here. Okay. Uh, How so? You're pretty good with the Gotham geography. Um, it's more the fact that if that looks like Arkham, and you've got the monorail there, and Arkham's located in the narrows, then that's kind of where it would be. That that's in this movie, by the way, not necessarily in uh, the comics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, So. I mean, there's like there's like Bloodhaven and like all the. Crime Alley, of course, and all that. Like, is it is that actually? This is kind of a maybe basic bat question right now. But is that pretty much set? Like, or is that change from comic to comic? Like the actual. Uh, in terms Go- of what Crime Alley is, or no, I mean Gotham geography in general. It's like, is it set out pretty well Tolkien style, or is it like? I feel like that could change. Like there are comics that have like maps, but I'm like the maps change. Stuff. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, like where specifically Crime Alley is or where, uh, you know, Arkham Asylum is, all that type of stuff, that can change. Okay, got it. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Let me know in the comments section. It's not necessarily something that I've... Uh, I haven't really studied where is, say, Robinson <laughs> Park versus, in one comic versus another comic, you know? You know those people that have mapped it out, dude. <laughs> Let us know in the comments section. But uh, we're looking at Gotham City, which I think is at its best in Batman Begins. Partially, yeah, you know, due yeah. to the narrows. Uh, yeah. Just the fact that it, it has stuff that is outside of just looking like exterior shots of Chicago uh, in here. So we have a little bit more of dealing with that. Um, and this is the monorail, 
uh, which is mainly in Begettons. I don't remember really seeing it in any of the others. I know, no, you know it wasn't in the others. I don't think, and it's so poetic with like isn't his dad? Oh, they're writing an older version with his dad or something in the beginning. Yeah, or? yeah, because uh, it goes. They're writing it to the opera house before yeah, they get, end up getting yeah. killed, and you know they're pointing out the Wayne Tower, and that's the hub, and that's how you get the exposition that'll get set up for the ending. It's it's just all so well set up. Uh, in the opening and stuff, but yeah, there's that, there's that sort of, oh man, uh, you know, poignant element to it, where like this is part of his father's legacy. This is how his father was was helping Gotham City, and now he's carrying on that legacy in his own way. Right. Uh, and yeah, unfortunately, I love it. part of that has, you know, had to involve destroying part of that legacy by necessity. You know, when they when he has Gordon take out the bridge, uh, and uh, you know, Ra's al Ghul bites it when the the train goes down. So that's. Uh, Thematically, I, I thought worked well. Begins is probably the most solid out of the the Nolan trilogy script wise. I agree. Pacing, etc. Yeah, yeah. But it's just yeah, you obviously get the Joker performance, which is a you know of a mm-hmm. once in a lifetime thing, which kind of overshadows it. So which which makes that movie incredible in its own way, mm-hmm. but just just script wise and not being too long and not being bloated in certain areas. Like, I feel like, yeah, number begins. The first one is the best one out of those three. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think it gets overshadowed because of the dark Knight and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, it's all about that one. I'm just like, yeah, but that doesn't mean begins didn't do anything right. <laughs> like you need begins to work in order for there to even be a dark Knight. But begins had zombies and ninjas and Batman. <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like the best shit. Yeah. No, and, 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 uh, Arguably the best aesthetic. I mean, not in our yeah. like our our opinion was the best aesthetic when it came to Gotham City specifically because we have you know this type of stuff with the monorail and, and the Wayne Tower and it's it just never really replicated that uh, later on. Uh, so we have some more concept art of kind of you can kind of see the monorail here. Um, this looks like a you know less nice part of it. Probably this is probably later. You know, like this part here is probably during the flashback. Uh, where it looks all nice and it's dawn and stuff, and then uh, this other one's probably like modern Gotham when he comes back and becomes Batman. So right, that would make sense. Uh, this is them building uh, the miniatures, I would think, of uh, of that part. So that's pretty cool. And uh, well, I love it. M- miniatures are great. I fucking love it. Yeah, Nolan is you know known to do that because he's he fucking hates cg so <laughs> he's, he's detonating real nuclear bombs for this oppenheimer there's no cg shots in oppenheimer that's unbelievable that's incredible dude that guy how much is nuclear awesome. radiation did he uh, set off in the atmosphere <laughs> for this movie how much are you gonna suffer for your art man you know we all have to suffer for it <laughs> we're all this whole this whole, this whole crew's gonna suffer <laughs> i'll tell you that in a couple it's years true. from now and None. the planet just kidding <laughs> Uh, and the yes. planet, yes, we're going <laughs> to... Nuclear fallout. Yeah, uh, so that was Gotham City. And now into the Batcave. We've seen some of the stuff with the Batcave. There's not a lot of the miniatures of the Batcave, but uh, this is kind of a it's kind of a cute little, like, mini Batman with no cape in the middle of that, <laughs> middle of it there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, these are the miniatures for uh, the Batcave as well, which is a pretty simple Batcave, which you would expect in an origin movie. I thought it was perfect for what it was. Uh, for this type of movie where there's like room for that to grow, which it does in uh, you know Dark Knight Rises. So uh, this is kind of a nice look at some of the uh, early tests, photography tests, I would think, of that. And then uh, this is what it turned into for the movie, where you can see the foundations 
you know, underneath Wayne Manor over here. So that's yeah, that's cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, I just see where these line up with the actual movie. I wonder where, like, with the actual film camera. Ooh. You know what it looks like? That'd be cool. We could we could check that out later. In terms of like how like, this looks compared to yeah, the, what's where, in the movie. Where is this in the movie? What's it look like in the movie? You know. I would think. Yeah, like I, we would have to look at the scene where Alfred is like giving him the tour of just you know he's like you, you know the Underground Railroad over here like all that type of stuff. It's probably <laughs> this this section here, but oh, I'd man. have to see what it looks like in comparison. This is before smartphones, man. Like I don't know. I lately I've just been thinking about the timeline of shit. Like oh yeah, just, that's true. It's like this was taken on a phone that had to have, or yeah. something or one of those digital cameras that's shittier than a phone. Mm-hmm. And obviously than than one now, but I don't know. Yeah. The well, most... I imagine that they, especially if they were trying to make this book, they they probably had something better than that on set for the uh, the on set photographer. For that, maybe, but I mean, yeah, for I want five, maybe not this... for the other one. And then with the, whatever's in the movie is a specialized miniature camera, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. When it comes to this one, but I would imagine, yeah, it's probably some expensive like camera setup just for this type of photography. Mm-hmm. So next up, the character design stuff, which again, you're not going to see anything that drastically different, but still, it's cool to look at sort of the origins of stuff. So this is Bruce Wayne, of course, uh, in his different uh, outfits, mainly the ones where he's undergoing training. I would think, you know, the one on the left looks like the one where he goes up the mountain. Um, oh yeah. One in the middle looks like when he's young and in Gotham and tempted to kill Joe Chill. And then the third one could just be when he's like, you know, in his travels and uh, you know, learning to become a criminal and learning the the makings of the the criminal mind and type of stuff. So <laughs> Exactly. That's all uh that's all illustrated here. And then uh this is a little small uh for that, but uh we've got Ducard and Rosal Ghoul, the, you know, the imposter Rosal Ghoul that Ken Watanabe played. But uh, this, these look pretty close to what we would end up getting anyway uh, for these characters. Sweet. League of Shadows characters here, including this shirtless dude on the top left, who I don't remember. Shirtless there. Ninja, bro. Shirtless Ninja, bro, is not in the movie. So maybe that'll be <laughs> the first instance of something that didn't quite make it, didn't quite make it in. Uh, but let's see. Or maybe he's... I had always thought it would have been cool because, like, they do tie in Bane with the League of Shadows and stuff. If, uh, like, Bane was, like, one of his rivals when he was training there. That's how you kind of more organically set it up. But, again, like, they, they said they didn't have all this stuff, like, mapped out from, like, day one, understandably. They didn't know necessarily they were going to do a trilogy. They hoped. So I can't really blame them for doing what they ended up doing when it came yeah. to uh, how they brought Bane in. This is more stuff with, uh, you know, the different looks of the other characters who aren't as costumed. So you get Jim Gordon on the top left, Lucius Fox, which is, you know, mainly just put Morgan Freeman in a suit, uh, Michael Caine <laughs> as Alfred, where you can kind of notice that um, it's mainly just a picture of Michael Caine. He's got glasses. Yeah. He's not wearing a tuxedo. Like It's, it's kind of just like, oh, make him look exactly how he does. And then, you know, Katie Holmes is Rachel Dawes on the uh, bottom bottom right. So uh, there it is. A lot of these are digital digital concept arts using I guess probably basing it off photography of the actors uh being done by Simon Maguire who we'll talk about in the the next half of uh, the episode. But this is kind of a lot of his work here. And then we get to Scarecrow played by Mr. Oppenheimer himself. 
Killian Murphy. Uh, so this is the concept art for Scarecrow on the horse in the finale. We can kind of see that it's not just the straight jacket, but the straight jacket sort of over his coat and stuff. It's a little bit more of a Scarecrow outfit than what we got in the movie. So, uh, which was something we were kind of missing. You know, he never really had much of a costume. It was mainly just the mask and then the suit. Mm -hmm. So, uh, moving further, we got just exactly that with this image here. Probably, again, from Simon Maguire, I would think, with uh, the bag over his head and then uh, Crane without the bag. Uh, he's a little bit more casual in this than in the movie. There's no glasses visible here. His right. tie's a little crooked, you know, suit's a little looser and stuff. But again, they're playing around with different uh, different ideas. Mm -hmm. And then this is, a, this is a Crane who looks a little bit more like the comic book version of Crane and not the Killian Murphy one uh, as he's locked up in Arkham Asylum in the straitjacket. So it's kind of cool to see something like this. It, it may or may not have been before Killian Murphy was even cast in the role. Could have been, yeah. So, uh, but of course, we have to talk about the main man himself, Batman. Here, this is Lobo. This is Lobo. Yes, <laughs> Lobo begins. <laughs> uh, this is Batman, and uh, this is pretty close to what we would end up getting anyway. I mean, this is pretty much it, right? Right down to the belt and the insignia, and and we have sort of breakdowns of stuff, including the gloves that have the electrical current pass through them, so that it gets the memory cloth to go rigid his cape to turn into the glider did you hate this immediately or it's just mainly the dark knight i hate suit. the dark knight one this one was i didn't hate it i was slightly disappointed because i thought it was going to be different from the rubber like the black rubber aesthetic from the 90s what made gave you that impression though the fact that everything else was so different <laughs> okay i got you <laughs> i got you like we already got a like a tank batmobile we got you know somebody who wasn't like a major like Christian Bale was not like a major like matinee idol Hollywood star at the time. You yeah. know, like he he was considered to be like a really good method actor, you know, but like casting him in the role I think really solidified like hey, this is not this is not like the George Clooney one. Like something yeah. is up here, you know, and then you got the director for Memento in that you you've got all these different things that are lined up. So I was like, oh, like it's going to be different. They said it's going to be realistic and and you know, promising to be more off the comics. So when I when I saw it, I'm just like, oh, they're kind of doing the black rubber thing again. I I think I was personally expecting something a little closer to what we would end up getting with Ben Affleck, with the okay. black bat on the gray and stuff. Okay. Not necessarily that specific costume, but the overall, you know, the the comic, you know, the regular comic aesthetic uh, type of thing. So, uh, still, it did look cool. I don't have the first image of the bat suit that they released up here, but I do have a lot of nostalgia for it because it's like Bale crouched down and looking kind of looking up, and I think he's in Arkham. It's on the Arkham set uh, and stuff, but you could also tell like he's like physically bigger than, yeah, right. you know, the, the last few guys and stuff. Like, right. really, he's been working out, and it's and the, the suit is bigger and stuff because he's bigger than the previous actors. So, like, it, it, there was at least a feeling of, like, oh, this guy's a beast. Like, this guy's, this guy's going to play it like an animal type of thing. So, I, I really like that aspect of it. Uh, but in, in terms of the suit itself, I, I, it's my favorite out of, I mean, the two, the two bat suits in, in the trilogy because it's the better one. Uh, to me, I just wish that the, uh, the bat emblem itself stood out more because it just blends in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but other than that, you know, I do love the League of Shadows gauntlet thing being on the forearm and how that ties into League of Shadows and how he adopts that. 
Like I do, I really love that aspect. Um, I like the Tress logo itself, even if I wish that it was a little bit more like highlighted on it. Yeah. Um, and like I've said before, I think the utility belt for Bale was like the last memorable utility belt design because I don't really remember any of the other utility belts from Affleck on. I mean, it's mainly yeah, this they're one. skimping on it. Yeah. It's like they didn't really think that much about it. They're just like, eh, whatever about it. But I felt like this was the last one where they really put a lot of thought into the design. Whereas, right. like, you look at the Pattinson one, and I think a lot of stuff, obviously with, you know, we like the Batman, and there's a lot of thought put into it, but it almost feels like the belt was just like, eh, just give him a belt. <laughs> like, just give him a tactical right. belt. They didn't really think through, like, what the design was going to be. So uh, we do have some other looks here. This is a look of the inside of the cowl that enables him kind of like an earpiece type of thing that's with that's inside of it. So I do like this <laughs> breakdown here. That's cool. I've actually always kind of thought that as well. Like yeah. he has like, uh, you know, the gadgets in the ears. Yeah, he kind of has to. Antenna. Right? Yeah. So that, that totally makes sense. And then we have another look at the utility belt and kind of, it's not really a logo on it, but, you know, the kind of design that's in the center there. You know, it's... it's yeah. That bronze look and plus that design in the center, like that's what makes the the bale belt memorable to me. Where I'm just like, okay, it, again, it might not be my favorite utility belt, but like I remember what it looks like, right? At least, so uh, it's cool to see that up close. And the, they were thinking of you know what is that going to look like uh, in the movie, like the the buckle itself. And you know, I kind of wish it had a bit of a bat design, but it makes sense for this movie, right? Where he he picks it up from Wayne Enterprises because it's part of the you know, it's part of the tech that Lucius Fox was making for the military. So they wouldn't right. have a bat type of thing on that. Right. Um, so this is more concept art for the uh, the bat suit itself. Uh, cape looks a little different to me. Um, I think I got to look again at the cape in the, in the cape in the movie. But I don't, it definitely wasn't that jagged at the bottom uh, or more ripped up at the bottom. Yeah, uh, they're just, you know, drawing a bunch around. of shit to see yeah. what what's going to stick. Yeah. It's cool though. I do like this shot. This, this art. Yeah. He doesn't so, look like super jacked either. Like this could be Pattinson's frame. That too. Kind yeah, of, you know, yeah. Yeah, he's lean here. Uh, and then this one you can kind of see, and maybe this is just me being hopeful. You can kind of see the bat sticking out a little more on this. It almost looks like the black on the gray. With this. A little bit. Yes. Did you buy this before the movie came out? Uh, I know my parents got it for me before the movie. I just don't remember how in-depth I looked through it. Uh, okay. If I did it before or after I saw it. Okay. Yeah, I was. you might have like seen some of these images and thought some of them were going to be in the movie that weren't in the trailer or something. I wonder. Yeah, but I, I kind of knew like it wasn't going to be like the black bat on the gray. You, know? you were like, like in what? High stuff. school? Yeah, I was high school at, at this point. So was, tenth, uh, tenth grade? 11th grade? <clears throat> 11th. Yeah, I was going, going into senior year when this movie came out. Okay. Or, yeah, going Got into it. senior year when this came out. So uh, this, was like the, this was like the biggest thing for the two, summer 2005, and I'm sure it was for, for a lot of people, you know, because, like, Batman's back for the first time since 1997, and this time they got it right was kind of the, the feeling. I uh, was uh, on my way to my <laughs> senior year. I was in between my junior and senior year of college, man. <laughs> It was, uh, mm -hmm. I remember being just busy with thinking about college and everything at this time. I mean, of course I was excited, but mm -hmm. I think because of the timing in my life, I might not have put as much focus on it as I normally would have. 
just because you had other of priorities. It's just <laughs> can't blame you. Yeah, college college <laughs> graduation was coming up in less than a year, probably, or well, yeah. about a year from this. So it's just like a big deal. Yeah, I can't blame you. It's yeah, kind of, kind of a lower priority when it came to the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is this is one of the ones that I wanted to make sure that we included because of that uh, the black bat type of thing. Sort of one of the only pieces of evidence that that was like something that was in concept art even if it was something that maybe they didn't even think of actually including you know like it could have been something from the beginning where nolan was just like yeah you know it's got to blend in because it's supposed to be in the shadows even though you know i would argue well what's the point of having it on the distress then if nobody's going to see it but that's me that's a, they're thinking about too practically man that you yeah. have to you know think about the lines that you draw between mm-hmm. you know real and comic booky. And every movie's gonna, you know, move that, move that line, move that dial a little bit here and there to the director's yeah. taste. But it's just, yeah, to me and to you, I think it's kind of unnecessary because it's a guy in a fucking bat suit. How <laughs> right. realistic do you want? Just have the make a put a toy on screen, please. You know, <laughs> just yeah. like that's what Batfleck is kind of. This these this cape though, sort of reminds me of those capes in uh, like the scoop of Batman I got and shit, like those '90s Kenner capes. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're kind of a little bit here. I got the Bale, uh, Bale action figure type of stuff, and you can kind of see the. It's not as it's not the same type of ripping that you see in the concept art, but. uh, Yeah, I remember I had some that had like were kind of jagged like that. I think switch to this, yes, you can see. Yeah, yeah, this jagged type of look here. Something like that. Yeah, but uh, I don't think we quite got this type of jaggedness on the cape itself in the. No, no, that's just. I think for for production, I think it's a little too messy looking, unless it's battle damage or something. No, for sure. sure. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, moving further, we got the grapnel gun, and this is something that I thought was really interesting. We have different designs for the grappling gun uh, on the bottom right, Uh, all looking a little less gun-like, honestly. Uh, I mean, yes, you've got a trigger, and you've got, you know, you basically have the grip for it, but uh, the the front of it, it, like, it basically looks like something that, like, is gun-like, but not necessarily a gun, as opposed to what they, what we have in the movie, which is basically Harrison Ford's gun in Blade Runner as, uh, yeah, as yeah, a yeah. gun, <laughs> which is still cool, don't get me wrong, but I did kind of look at this and be like, oh, this is kind of a nice, like, I like the ones, like, the designs here, because they kind of look like a, um, they look like a mix of the one in the movie with the BTAS one, to me. Maybe I'm just... Maybe that's just me. But the BTS. Well, you one. said you said the Blade Runner gun. That's didn't Nolan have his crew watch Blade Runner in preparation for this movie? Yeah, supposedly, supposedly. Yeah. I, and you, I know he definitely cited it because I remember people talking about that or him talking about that, and that's also how Rutger Hauer's in this movie too, because <laughs> right. you know that's a, that's a tribute to uh, to Blade Runner, and so like yeah, I think a lot of Blade Runner is in the aesthetic for the Narrows. In, uh, oh, in this right. movie, right, right, and, right, and uh, and of course, you know, Deckard's gun here. So like, I, right. it's definitely a visual influence, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the designs here are cool, even though I, I do still like the one that's in the movie. I just I just think the grapnel gun, um, if it looks a little less like a handgun, I think it, there's something cool about that. You know, there's something a little cool about like, hey, it's not quite a gun type of thing, based off of you know Batman's own aversions to guns but this is still cool (laughs) right uh smoke bombs or mini mines and uh as well as his little injector thing that we have here uh so yeah another closer look at the gadgets that he was using 
throughout the Those movie. Those are cool. Uh, and then we got Falcone on top of a uh, on top of the signal light that's going to foreshadow the bat signal, which is one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie. It's one of my favorite changes of canon that they did. Where just like, oh yeah, that is a really cool origin uh, yeah. to the bat signal here. So uh, it's nice to see them sort of mapping that out. That's cool. Uh, and then we got this shot of Batman looking over the city, which is pretty cool. Uh, I really like. So uh, this is kind of a good segue into what we're going to cover after the break, which is specific artists work on uh, Batman Begins on concept art. So this will come up again when we talk about, uh, I believe it's Dermot Power who did this one. So we will cover him as well as the other artists after the break. All right, everyone, it's time for our July announcements. We got a bunch of other new things on the way uh, or already recorded. So uh, let's start with this. We have the 89 logo up here because for those who missed it, I was on the show Table Read Tuesdays where we read the Sam Hamm script for, uh, from 1986 uh, for the Batman 89 movie. I couldn't reveal who I was playing the last time we announced this, but uh, since it's already come and gone, I was the voice of Batman. Woo! So I got to finally uh, read that role. It was an awesome experience. I got my own Vicky Vale, got my own Joker to fight against, my own Robin even. But, uh, you know, it's also a script where there are long instances where Batman is doing stuff and doesn't say anything. So it was really easy for me compared to everyone else, um, especially compared to Kat, the narrator, who was the MVP of that, with reading through all the action description. <laughs> but uh, check that out at the Table Read Tuesdays uh, YouTube page that we'll have on the link below. And uh, it is five hours long, FYI, so don't, oh, wow. we don't expect you to go through all that because there's a lot of, uh, again, there's so much action description that it's not the same length as a movie uh, right. when we go through all that. And the final hour alone is just on, you know, an analysis and discussion on the differences between this and the, uh, the movie itself. So uh, check that out if you want. And uh, in the meantime, both uh, Andrew and I, as we've talked about before, are in a movie. We're in Jeffrey Scott Richards' movie, Derek Magnum. We recently saw uh, the finished edit of it. It's great. We are in it, of course. It's great because we're in it. No, it's, it's, it's great regardless <laughs> whether or not we're in it. Uh, but uh, please help us out or help them out, really, because this does not go to us. Uh, there's a GoFundMe set up for the Derek Magnum production costs, and a lot of it goes towards uh, you know, submitting it to festivals, which is where, uh, you know, Jeffrey's sending it. And we are executive producers on the movie. So if you are a part of that and want to help out, you will be basically helping us become executive producers on potentially an award-winning movie in these festivals. So Indeed. that's exciting. Yes, um, thank you for including us, Derek. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Please check it out, everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, please... Uh, try to help them out um, with production costs. Plus, yeah, the submitting to festivals, man, it ain't cheap. Nope. It's, that's a whole other deal, dude. Uh, yes. So, uh, so yeah, please ch- check that out if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, another announcement coming up. Um, so I have a couple creative things. Andrew has a couple creative things, so mm-hmm. I'll start with mine. Uh, my first scripted podcast for the audio drama channel, Nuvers Creative, that is coming up soon, if it has not been already by the time this gets released. And it is not one that we've announced before. This has been kept secret until now, but I can finally Ooh. reveal this. It's going to be Batman 89, Case of the Chemical Syndicate. This is an adaptation of the very first Batman story, Detective Comics number 27, by Bill Finger, but written as a prequel to Batman 89. 
and also, as you can see in this thumbnail uh, by Tim over at Numerous Creative, it is inspired by the Cape Crusader suit that we broke down in our episode where we nice. went through all the different Keaton suits. So that's why that's there. Though you wrote if it? You subs- I did. Yeah. Okay, so I cool. wrote, I, I adapted this. Um, there is, it's basically a, a faithful adaptation of Detective Comics number 27, but I injected a little something in there that you guys are going to have to listen to that <laughs> makes it connect to the movie. The 89 movie um though if you subscribe to the idea that keaton's batman in the flash is a different version from his in batman 89 let's keep in mind guys this is audio so you can just envision him in whatever suit you want if you want to envision him <laughs> in the batman 89 suit cool if you want to you know uh put this insane continuity as johnny k's the oath movie maybe he's in that batman return style prototype that he wore that it's up to you because this is what i love about doing these it's audio so you can envision whatever the hell you want when it comes to the designs of these suits so uh that i'm excited about that it's my first collaboration release collaboration uh with newverse on that and uh if this does well maybe we'll take a crack at some other ones that explain those keaton suits for there but uh when you check that out you may also hear a familiar voice in the story as one of the villains so uh that is on the way or has already been released depending on when that gets out and lastly to continue updating people i have more art to share on the upcoming comic of mine alter ego which is basically game of thrones super villains where five families of villains <laughs> rule over the wasteland of a post-apocalyptic city i introduced you last time to the first three families this is the head of the fourth family the gatekeeper think of him as aquaman on land he can communicate <laughs> with all the surviving zoo animals to protect the borders of the city and ensure no one gets in or out. Hence, the gatekeeper. Uh, so as you can see here, he's got a lion as an enforcer, as well as a bird who informs him of everything that happens. And uh, <laughs> that cane is nothing to, uh, you know, be afraid of the cane, is all I'm going to say on that. So uh, this is what we got. And uh, over to Andrew on your stuff. Okay, so uh, if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, this project used to be called Amano Recon. We've changed that to uh, to what we think is a better name, and it's now called Metal Force, okay? Um, and we're going to have a booth where we're promoting the Kickstarter that's going to be running for Metal Force at Japan World Heroes Convention. That's the name of the convention, and that's August 18th to 20th, uh, and that's at the Burbank Marriott Convention Center in Los Angeles. Um, we might be selling some trinkets too. Mm. So, uh, some small stuff, nothing crazy. And just kind of like promoting our project and trying to get funding while at the convention. So check it out. And also please check out, uh, www.metalforce.ninja. That is our URL. And you can see the campaign video there. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the whole pitch and everything for Metal Force is there. And uh, it's R-rated Power Rangers meet Stranger Things. That's my elevator pitch for it. It's not a fan film, uh, but it does have strong inspiration from those two things. So it's a horror comedy movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, there it is. Please check it out. And uh, that's it for that one, Ben. <laughs> nice. And uh, lastly, we have our charity for this month. Okay. For uh, Hope for the Day. 
Hope for the Day is a nonprofit movement empowering the conversation on proactive suicide prevention through action, outreach, and education. By educating ourselves and our communities on the basics of mental health, we can create strong peer support networks to assist those experiencing mental health challenges. When we provide accessible resources for mental health and social services, we can save lives. And especially if you look at our when we look at our YouTube analytics, we're like over 99% men. And not to say that it's it's obviously doesn't matter about gender, but there's something about men not talking about their mental problems. I'll say that. Like dudes don't talk about emotions and feelings and shit. So uh, if I can talk to 99% of our audience, like please go seek help uh, and talk to these people or uh, the suicide prevention hotline as well. Uh, you know, because Ben, have you ever had anybody commit suicide in your life? Yes. And I have as well. Everybody, a lot of people have this experience, which really fucking sucks. So, uh, yeah, this is what we're talking about this month. And uh, hope, hope for the day is our charity. So please check them out. Just wanted to announce that I have a new podcast called Gaming Gaiden. It's about Japanese to English translation in this first season. It will be 10 episodes each season. If you saw the ranking, every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you have seen Mike before. So yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general. Japanese cultural differences as well and we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly aka EGM so stay tuned for Gaming Gaiden Podcast it's already out now y'all I want to tell you about the Patreon.com Patreon.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod and on that you get the $1 tier uh, you can join the $1 tier, which gets you the shout-out on the board, and either visually or orally, or both at times. Uh, <laughs> we want to do the oral uh, for the most part uh, for newer people. Uh, and then the $5 tier gets you a whole new show. Uh, this show is every Monday, as you well know, and it's free on YouTube and the What's Nots. And... Um, <laughs> The uh, Patreon show is every Friday at the $5 tier mark. You can, if you want, binge us for five mm-hmm. bucks. And uh, there's like 150 episodes, uh, almost 150 at this point. And you can, uh, you know, listen to all that content there. Even the stuff that's been released from the vault, none of that has been the full episode as well. So, uh, trying to keep our uh, $5 tier people happy. <laughs> so, um, so, but yeah, check that out. And then our $10 tier gets you all of the above. Plus, a uh, it gets you a monthly meetup show where you meet up with us monthly. And it's like a Zoom-like call. And we have a topic at hand. Or sometimes videos we react to and things like that. And that's at the $10 tier. Um, every tier that you get like the $5 tier gets you the $1 tier benefits and the $10 tier gets you the $5 tier benefits and the $1 tier benefits. So mm-hmm. check that out at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. We also got the merch, which is Redbubble, superhousepod.redbubble.com. 
and on Threadless, superherostuffpod.threadless.com. Get your Ben Man and Indeed Wizard mug, shirt, shower curtains, and all the rest artwork by Stefan Santa Cruz. And please send us some audio at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. A bumper would be great. Mm-hmm. You too can be part of the show. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives as my other YouTube channel, one of my many YouTube channels. And I have uh, also thunderwolfdrew.com has my whole portfolio in one place except for amanorecon.com. That's A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N.com. And that is uh, an original idea that some friends and I are doing where it is R-rated um, Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. That's the quick pitch. And it is not a fan film, original idea. We have a pitch video right now on YouTube and on the Indiegogo page. We're campaigning right now as of this uh, when this episode premieres. And this poster art is by Zachary Jackson Brown Art.com. And check it out. Please support us on the campaign. And more from that soon. Um, but yes, it's uh, it's bloody. And um, if you like that kind of thing, check us out. And that's it, Ben. Follow us on social media on Twitter at Superhouse Pod, Instagram Superhero Stuff Pod, where we have some different supplemental stuff. We even I've even analyzed the martial arts stance that the Keaton ornament from the Flash is in, so you can check that out on our Instagram Superhero <laughs> Stuff Pod, uh, TikTok Superhero Stuff Pod, Vero Superhero Stuff Pod. My website is BenWanWriter.com, where you can read a whole bunch of spec scripts, including Gotham Vampire Elementary, The Death of Sherlock Holmes. And Curb Your Enthusiasm, Disneyland. If you're fans of any of those shows, check them out and let us know what you think. My YouTube channel is in the description below, including Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, an audio drama I write, edit, and narrate with the Eighth Doctor, meaning Miyamoto Musashi. My personal Instagram is BenWanWriter. If you like cats, my son, Alfie, my cat, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. And if you have an Alfie yourself, then you can get the Whisker Box, the only cat box with a crazy cat lady, and gent and you can even check out another page on that website superherostuffpod.com slash show notes that includes uh various show notes for each of our episodes links to the scripts that we review if they're available online amazon links to the stuff we've been talking about including you know brian levant's book that he plugged for us my life and toys so check that out at superherostuffpod.com slash show notes lord have mercy y'all do you like hounds do you enjoy pooches do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard, Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. That must be his brother, Jean-Claude Van Dyne. And we're back, and we're going to cover specific artists who contributed to the concept art of Batman Begins. Now, this is interesting, because this is one that uh, I did not know until Dan pointed this out, but uh, the famous artist, I almost feel like I'm I'm, uh, introducing Prince, but the artist known as Jock was somebody who uh, contributed, actually, to uh, the concept art for Batman Begins, and we have some of Jock's art here. 
actually. Okay. Uh, for that. So I'm not really sure what this would have been for. I got to take a look at where Dan's source is here, but this is a very poetic looking image of uh, the glove of Batman reaching out towards uh, the, the hands of his dead parents with the pearls falling. Um, this has got to be dream sequence. Yeah, fear gas, I would think. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, shit like that, yeah. Yeah, but interesting that this, because this formal, like this this type of image is not actually in the movie, not formally. They mainly just had flashes of, uh, of his parents and his parents' deaths, but they didn't really have something like this, which would have been really cool. Right. Um, these shots of Batman looking over the city, classic, of course. Uh, yep. So that's awesome. Um, and then, this is cool art, actually. It's yeah. pretty sweet. I mean, it's what Jock is known for is, is this type of like silhouette type of stuff. Um, really cool. Uh, and uh, I think they really wanted to emphasize the the cape, I think. I think they really mm. wanted the cape to feel more fluid because the capes might have felt heavier in the 90s movies. And so that's kind of why they have this cloth cape in this one so that when he's like on top of the rooftops and stuff, you can kind of see... Um, let me go back. Yeah, you can kind of see it like swishing like that and kind of creating that comic book look. You fucking sick. It does. It is, yeah. Uh, moving forward, this is interesting to me because it's it's very bare bones when it comes to the suit, you know, compared to what we get in the movie. And I think maybe that's just a stylistic. I think that's just a stylistic choice. Yeah. Uh, chest emblem is different. Uh, it's also visible uh, on his chest. And then... <laughs> Dude has no abs in this one uh, for, uh, for the armor because there's always that ab armor uh, in the stuff, but that looks like he, he didn't really add that to this one. But of course, it's like a very stylistic thing because he's looking over the city. He's not literally a, you know, a kaiju Batman in this. This is stylistic. <laughs> <you know? laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Fight, fight Godzilla. <laughs> it's only one way to stop Godzilla. <laughs> There's only one way to stop a kaiju. <laughs> it's become one. <laughs> we would be in a different movie, man. But I would, <laughs> I would accept it. <laughs> That's what the Brave and the Bold's about. Yeah, <laughs> he has to teach Damien how to do how to be kaiju. Suplex him into uh, the ocean or something. I don't know how he'd get out of the city for that one. I don't but know. <laughs> <laughs> some buildings have to get sacrificed in the process. Yeah. Uh, these are style sheets. Uh, again, the way that Jock does it, he looks very different from in the movie. Chest emblem is different, closer to the one that's in the Dark Knight, uh, where you've got sort of the more rectangular emblem uh, that uh, is kind of the emblem for the Dark Knight trilogy. It just wasn't the chest emblem specifically in, in Batman Begins. Cow right. looks different, you know. The cape designs look different. So this is more, uh, you know, this is Jock kind of throwing out ideas here. I think if these are style sheets as well, this is probably likely some version of uh, comic. They want some sort of comic type aesthetic for like merchandising type stuff so this could also be like art used for the packaging on toys or for t-shirts you know, i like to tie I, this is begins. some of the best looking shit to me but it's just because it's more comic booky yeah totally you know some I mean, of, sometimes the concept art is sometimes you know it looks more like concept art than comic book art which mm-hmm. i know it's they're just doing their job but Anyway, yeah, this is it just looks really cool, I think. It's legit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the end of Jock stuff. Now we go into Simon Maguire, who is using a lot of digital art, um, I believe, for this. He's the one who was behind the, you know, the mock-ups of Michael Caine and, and uh, Morgan Freeman and stuff and sort of that mix of photography and the designs that were going with. So 
this is, of course, the Batman Begins suit in uh, in the Thunderstorm, which is pretty cool. Uh, probably for, you know, to connect to the movie, it's probably, you know, the scene where he interrogates Flash and goes to the Narrows. So uh, right. that's pretty cool. That's that's a really cool image, I think. Uh, more of the inside of Batman's cowl with the earpiece. We can see here earpiece and microphone. Yeah, that's see cool. Earpiece is misspelled here. P P E I C E. Whoops. Oh man. It's probably the same person who misspelled heist in the dark. I before Rises. E. I know. I noticed that in the theater. I was like, what? <laughs> Me too. Yeah. What? This, sometimes typo, like if it's a regular typo where someone's just typing to me in a messaging thing, I, I'm not bothered by it because I'm like, this shit happens all the time. I do it. Everybody does it. But when it's been passed through like so many people, yeah, I'm like, nobody pointed this out. Like to me, it just it just it blows my mind how it happened. Like Nolan, just the other day, Nolan, so, you're uh, <laughs> Nolan, you're British man. You need to be able to catch this stuff. I know. Like the, the other he day, holds I saw to a higher sign. standard. I saw a sign that said original, but it left out the second I. So it said original as a sign for like advertising. And I'm just like, who doesn't catch this? You know, Dude, it, it, I, has, it has to pass through so many different people before it becomes a poster. I could, I could talk about this forever, bro. I mean, <laughs> this is like, so just to go off this a little bit and then we'll get back on track. Sometimes, like the autocorrect and smartphones and stuff has made everyone so lazy with this shit. Mm-hmm. And no one pays attention to like this kind of shit before. Like I remember like 10 years ago or so on Facebook, you know, the the main thing I complained about was like there, there, and there, you know, the three there's, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And shit like that, which was like a normal spelling mistake. But now it feels even worse because people don't know the difference between the possessive and the plural anymore. Like, like apostrophe S and just S. Mm-hmm. Like somebody will write, my dogs are home and like it's a dog apostrophe s <laughs> and it's like dude you this is like a fucking second grade mistake mm-hmm. what in the fuck is going is it the dumbing down of of america and the world or or it's just smartphones making us lazy as hell even then i feel like smartphones point that shit out like even with autocorrect and stuff like if you if, let's go back to the original you know being misspelled and stuff like that would still be, get caught you know like yeah. people still with don't have people. an excuse in my opinion because i'm just like well even the technology knows it's wrong it tells you with the red underline it has suggestions the thing is, the thing is it doesn't yet on smartphones though in that case in the plural and the possessive now with heist it probably it should have it should uh, have back then and, I, I, and even the then even then about. Word had spell check even in the '90s and shit. So like, yeah, yeah they should, they should have. The heist thing is like, what in the hell? It's like, it's like big. It's like front page. It's like not like a little, you know, uh, blurb on the side. It's like the main thing in the shot, which is so. It's just so odd to me. It's like, it's just wild. I mean, was it just a case where somebody did catch it, but it was after after it was already in it, and they're just like, it's going to cost us X amount of money to redo it and do the shot. And they're just like, all right, fuck it, never mind. That's <laughs> probably on the stuff. That's probably what it was. Somebody probably, yeah, you're probably right. Somebody caught it a little too late. That's really yeah. what it what it is. Nolan's oh, too wow. busy with other a thousand other things. <laughs> yeah, because it's just this one little thing in the movie, and he's probably worried about, like, how do I make this part with the bat believable when it's flying around the city That's he probably he didn't even shoot that shot that was probably second unit that too yeah that too he wasn't there on set nothing like yeah no. that's a shot of a fucking newspaper you think mm-hmm. Nolan's there for that no <laughs> it's probably second unit it's got to be a real newspaper though 
<laughs> so that's why. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so this is the utility belt. Like I said, the last uh, memorable utility belt. Uh, and <laughs> you can kind of see, you see the back of it, um, the different like looks at the front, as well as like how the capsules work. Uh, so different, different from the utility belt that I reviewed when I reviewed the NECA utility belt uh, the other week. So check out that episode if you didn't already uh, on our mini episodes, Patreon previews. Uh, more Batman stuff. We get a nice ass shot of Batman here on the left. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so we know that Nomex <laughs> survival suit was, uh, <laughs> was delivering the cake. They, uh, were pre- for everybody. <laughs> they were prepared for, well, they were teeing it up for Nightwing <laughs> soon. So. Nightwing's in this franchise, right? And they're like, well, maybe not in this version, but like, fuck, it's still here. Dude, if Gunn makes a Nightwing movie in the Gunverse, yeah, they just gotta. That's gotta be like the it's posters. This yeah. kind of stance. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, it's just what it is. What it is. He's gonna be, yeah. It's gonna be the same pose that a lot of people brought up that they have female superheroes too on the posters where they, they've got they're doing the back shot so you can see basically see all of it. All That's gonna be. It's like half the audition for Nightwing. It's gonna, it's gonna be. <laughs> all right, just turn around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll call you. <laughs> yeah, next. yeah, we'll. Yeah, next. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah, so different designs of of Batman. Again, this the one in the middle is is kind of the one that we went over already. And we noticed the grappling gun uh, on the right is kind of like the early design version as well, um, which I hadn't noticed before until we uh, we saw this, but. Uh, the cowl at the top too. You can see that they didn't. They kind of just did the uh, the eyes without the uh, black eye makeup and stuff because you, you can actually see the flesh around the eyes. Yeah. Uh, on that. Uh, again, there's this one. You can kind of see the bat a little bit, but it's kind of more. I don't know. It's almost like they, it's the reverse. It's the inverse where it's like it's you see it because it's lighter than the body as opposed to you see it because it's darker than the body. Uh, and then the white yeah. eyes are probably a stylistic choice. Like in the yeah, for sure. This is uh, very, pretty close to what we got, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Again, the bat's a little different. Yeah. Um, and then, again, the uh, the eyes thing is probably a stylistic choice because that's what it looks like in the comics. It looks a little bulkier to me than in the movie, but other than that, it's like the actual, the overall design is still the same. Right. Uh, another little shot here. This is Lean Batman. Yeah. I think that's the same Lean Batman from before, just placed in a different uh, different like it's been mirrored as well as put in different yeah so, that's pretty cool yeah lane yeah, batman's like cool these. yeah uh and this last one where he's grappling away from an explosion it almost looks like he set off the explosion actually that he's, yeah. he's uh going away from that's true <laughs> uh so yeah this is simon mcguire everyone and then uh i believe we're heading towards dermot power soon um i don't think it's this one i think it's is this one this is Dermot Power. So I, I don't think these are digital uh, from Power. Uh, but he did a lot of cool shots of Batman as well on the rooftops. I think, again, they, they really wanted to make sure, hey, we're going to have Batman on the rooftop, and the cape really has to be, like, billowing, just like in, yeah. you know, the comic aesthetic. So that's, that's something that's kind of overlooked because not a lot of people talk about that uh, being in Begins, but it's something they really worked hard uh, to make sure. Which, again, is, I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the cape being cloth compared to sort of the leathery type of almost like the wing-like capes from like the 90s. But like I get why you had to do it for this one if you wanted that type of effect back in 2005. Yeah. Uh, I like this. This is him looking over the city kind of at maybe at dawn or so. Uh, or 
yeah, probably at dawn at the end of his shift. You know, yeah, that's cool. And uh, taking a look at the monorail. Um, there's the shot from before that I had of Dermot Power. Now it's a little bit, you know, uh, this is from another, this is uh, not as close up, but this is him as well looking over Gotham City. You can kind of see the, uh, the smokestacks a little bit, or the smoke at least from down below. Mm-hmm. The Falcone scene, this is not necessarily a deleted scene because I don't think there's an image or even a scene in the script where Batman formally turns on the light with Falcone on it. But it's kind of cool to see this as, you know, it's imagining Batman doing that, which, you know, would definitely burn a lot of Falcone. But again, this is a comic book movie, so we just kind of have to overlook that. Yeah. Uh, But pretty cool. And the suit itself here kind of, looks a little bit more organic in a way you know like if you look at his arm it doesn't look as like armored up or maybe that's just me uh, on mm, that. yeah you can see the muscle more or something yeah i think so but again yeah. that could just be a stylistic choice because they're just you know they're playing around with stuff here yeah really like this with the uh the glider the cape glider there was stuff. a shot like this right in the movie yeah but in arkham arkham asylum yeah yeah, inside yeah rather than outside right Oh yeah, so. and they saw it with the, with the uh, scarecrow vision. Oh yeah, then yeah, they see this in the scarecrow vision of him just gliding around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably what this is actually not the Arkham shot, but the the scarecrow one. That's a good point. Um, when he's yeah. just gliding through the narrows, because this does look like the narrows. Now that I look at the buildings, I really how... think that's like when the movie starts to go super crackerjack for me, and seeing the, seeing how. Uh, Scarecrow sees him with the Scarecrow vision with the fear gas. Oh, in Arkham, yeah. Whenever he sees Batman, like that was like, okay, we're we're uh, using this. We're going all the way with our concept here, like mm-hmm. and the horse and Batman flying and Batman's face, like that was sick, dude. I could have done was. it with even more of shit like that. It was know, awesome. Right? Even more fear gas hallucination type stuff. They could have yeah. gone even farther. Yeah, for sure. Scare. I mean, they did a great job with him. But they bring back villains all the time, right? If they if they brought back Scarecrow and Gunverse, I wouldn't hate it. I don't know. Maybe not a main villain, but he's such a cool villain. I think he's one of the top villains. I'm, I feel like we're going to see him for sure in some way, either either in Reeves or in Gunverse or in, yeah. in some way. You know, Like, if there's a Clayface movie and a Scarecrow movie... I wouldn't hate it. Well, I guess you'd need Batman for those. But Well, Hollywood what, Reporter what if... did say that there was a, some sort of Scarecrow thing in development because Reeves was like playing around with different villain movies is what they were saying. Right. Yeah. I guess we'll see. that. I mean, I don't know. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Same here. So moving further, uh, another shot, more close-up shot of Batman through the Narrows. And we can kind of see... In, I like this because from here... Uh, you don't see the detail, but when we look at this, this scan, right, you can really see um, sort of how this was put together. Like, you can kind of see the paint on this, uh, which I really like. And then further, cool. more of Gotham uh, and the monorail, our favorite monorail in that, and uh, <laughs> even more stuff. This is Bridge to Arkham Fog. So this is probably towards the third act, you know, when everyone's trying to, to get off the island. It's mo- moody as hell. It's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, these shots as well are really cool. Um, again, I kind of I, I miss this monorail or this look in the other movies. You know, yeah. Like, I get that we're in different parts of Gotham, but I, I almost feel like we we just 
it was such a big part of the first movie, and then like you don't need to have every single movie end with a train fight. Uh, but just having this around just really gave Gotham more of a character feel uh, to mm-hmm. it that begins that you just do not get in the other ones. I but think cool. it's, uh, the way it was portrayed, too, like having a rail like that is like, our city is progressing mm-hmm. to the future. And then it becomes, you know, shit-ass Gotham. <laughs> right. So, That's true. May, did they show, they never really, if they had shown like a shitty version of that rail in the Dark Knight, that would have been something. Yeah, I mean, I think by the time we get to Dark Knight, it's implied that things are a little better thanks to Batman and Harvey. Right, yeah. I'm not but going think, out tonight. Yeah, the, the monorail itself kind of looks a little shittier when we get to present day and Katie Holmes gets off the monorail and there's like graffiti on it and she gets chased and is about to get killed before Batman shows up. Like, I think that was their way of of showing that like, hey, this thing is not as glorious as or glamorous as it was back in the flashback. Right. So... Uh, but yeah, that is it for the uh, the concept art we got. Again, nothing too, too crazy and stuff. But, you know, we've covered all the concept art for the 90s things. We did the concept art for, you know, uh, the Batman. And so I thought it was only natural for us to do the Dark Knight trilogy. And so we will be doing the concept art for the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises uh, for upcoming episodes, as well as, uh, you know, giving our Patreon patrons a little bit more uh, of the stuff we might not have put in this episode in the $5 tier. So uh, cool. that's what we got. Did you have a favorite among the uh, concept art? I will go through, actually. Lean Batman, probably. Ooh. To be honest with you. Yeah, let me pull that back up so that people can see that. Uh, <laughs> here. Lean Batman. Yeah, I, remember... I think he's probably the coolest one in, out of these. Yeah, I think somebody had... Well, because when this book came out, I think somebody said, like, hey, that kind of looks like Killian Murphy. Because, like, Killian Murphy, we knew had audition for Batman. But I, I don't think they deliberately did it off of him. I think he just happens to kind of look like he would have a leaner build. It could have, I mean, yeah, maybe. But the concept artists are not going to. Unless they're, I guess if they're following the trades and they, if, you know, that information was in the trades at the time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's going back to 2004 or three at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's hard to tell, but not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, we have to take a look at the timeline because I, I don't know when they did this. It could have been that they didn't have the suit ready or the design for the suit in mind yet when they were doing the, uh, the casting. Probably or, not. Yeah. You know, they're trying to trying to get the whole crew together in the first place. You know, these artists might've been hired right then or might not have even been hired yet. They will, they, it's, I think it's not too uncommon that they'll do concept art before someone is cast. And then of course, Mm -hmm. another round of concept art or more, uh, after they're cast to see what they specific and to finalize also start the finalization process. Cause you don't, if you're like with gun right now with Superman legacy, Mm -hmm. you know, trunks or no trunks, he says he's considering both right now in his tweets. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you need to you 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 can make those those kind of like big decisions before anybody's cast. You don't need yeah. corn sweat for that. You don't need bail for you know these the bigger decisions. And when you mm-hmm. start to finalize, yeah, you probably want to have see what what bail looks like in the concept art after that. But yeah, the stuff before it go you know like like anything it goes from rough to refined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so yeah, who knows? I'd have to take a look and, and see if uh, there's anything specific about when they, you know, they got these concept arts in comparison to the timeline of when Bale was cast. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that it was deliberately based off of Murphy uh, on that. I think it just so happens to kind of look like him because they, they had a leaner look, you know, like you said, more of a Pattinson look. Pulp hero vibe. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's part of what I'm getting from that shot. My favorite is still the first shot. That I showed you with him looking out at uh, through the Wayne Enterprises window. Like, oh, that, that's your that favorite. Always, yeah, that, that, like that. That always went like when I first saw that in the book. I was like, wow. And then I saw the movie, or if I I don't remember if I saw the movie afterwards, but I definitely remember feeling like I wish this is in the movie, or I wish this was in the movie. Right. Depending on when I saw it, because uh, it's just a beautiful shot, and you know we've we've now had something that sort of replicates that, uh, but in the bat suit, in the Batman. So. Uh, some version of that ended up getting brought to life, but uh, yeah, yeah, it is uh, it is cool kind of looking back to see a little bit of what if, but like we said before, there was it's kind of just minor differences. You know, we got a shirtless ninja guy we didn't get in the movie. We got a different grapnel gun. Potentially the <laughs> bat second being a favorite. More visible. <laughs> that guy's my second favorite. Uh, <laughs> I it's interesting thinking about you know I've talked about ninja shit on this podcast before, mm-hmm. like part of the 80s ninja vibe like a lot of them were like jacked because they ninjas were like uh it was they were an 80s thing in america mm-hmm. and just and they were action they were an action movie thing but also the jacked dude was an 80s movie thing mm-hmm. and i feel like that's the only time that ever happened in looking at ninja history like not before or after were ninjas ever jacked, <laughs> but, but specifically I, the eighties. Yeah, but I, yeah, specifically the eighties. So I wonder if that concept artist was like pulling from American Ninja or some sort Maybe. of other, you know, ninja trope from the eighties, just having fun in that uh, in that one. Because uh, outside of the eighties, like the ninjas, ninja was generally portrayed as like pretty lean. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to slip in and out of you have to be light you know you have to be even kind of short probably like to be to be able to like get in and out of places you know like it if not short at least kind of lean like uh so anyway that's kind of what i was thinking whenever i saw like because you said league of the it's a league of assassins page it's like Mm -hmm. a jack it's a jacked guy (laughs) and so it's like that you know there's not just there's not many Jack ninjas outside of the mm-hmm. '80s, so I wonder if the if the concept artists like pulled from from that kind of a aesthetic from that time Maybe. period. Simon McGuire, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. That'd be funny. Yep. But uh, yeah, I guess till then, that is superhero stuff you should know. Big thanks to Dan for gathering all the concept art for the uh, YouTube experience, including some of the stuff that I hadn't seen before that's outside of the book. And uh, I did the comment section a little different this time. I did the ones that uh, were kind of commemorating some of the stuff we've been uh, we've been promoting. So these two oh, wow. come from Braxton and uh, Farzad Ali about us being now, well, executive producers and co-stars of what is now an award-winning short film, the independent film Derek Magnum from our own uh, Patreon patron, Jeffrey Scott Richards. So... Uh, Braxton says, you guys are moving on up. Super proud of you guys. One of the very best, if not the best, superhero fandom podcast. Keep up Woo! the good work. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Braxton. That's awesome. Uh, 
Farzad said, there are various other comic book movie YouTubers, but you guys are my absolute favorite in terms of the extra details and tidbits in your videos, and the research is amazing. Congratulations, Ben and Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's because of you guys, really, with these types of comments that keep us going a lot of the times, too, because, I mean, this is still fun, obviously, but to, to, to have a lot of you guys as fans... And the comments that you leave, that's all so insightful. And sometimes some of the gifts that we get from it, it's just all, it's all fantastic. Uh, and probably more than I think either of us were really expecting when we got into this. I mean, I'm, it's incredible. I, again, I thought that YouTube comments are going to be mostly shit. And then we, <laughs> right. most yeah, like 99.9% of them are great, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's been awesome. Yep. Uh, and then I want to shout out to. We got Evan Zaremba, Rob Ayling, Ian Miller, and Leander. Us, us sucking our own dick in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> no, Big it's thanks good. Thanks to all you guys for um, <laughs> leaving comments about me in uh, Newverse Creators, <laughs> Batman 89, Face of the Chemical Syndicate. About me! <laughs> because uh, I wrote that one. I adapted, uh, for those who don't know, I adapted the very first Batman story, Detective Comics number 27. I adapted that as an audio drama for the YouTube channel, Newverse Creative. Uh, that is also a podcast for you podcast listeners out there. It is adapted in a way that it serves as a Batman 89 prequel, including actors who are impersonating Pat Hingle as Gordon and, of course, Michael Keaton as Batman. And I have a small role in it as one of the villains named Jennings. So uh, check that out at Newverse Creative. That's N-E-U-V-E-R-S-E. And uh, if you checked out last week's episode, you also heard us talk to Tim Maxwell, who runs that channel. Uh, Tim and I have been collaborating on a few audio dramas, including what's going to be the Batman 89 uh, comic book adaptation, not of the movie, but of the series that was written by Sam Hamm of Art by Joe Quinone. So that's the one that's coming up next. And then after that is going to be Batman 3, based off the original scripts for Batman Forever. And uh, there might be more after that. That's all I can say right now. But there might be more. And they might not all be Batman either. So you'll just have to see. (laughs) But uh, thanks to all you guys who left uh, comments about me on the Chemical (laughs) Syndicate. But yeah, no, thank you. Thank you guys for your your support uh, on that. And of course, uh, props to everyone else involved in the audio drama and and the rest of the cast there. uh, Because, you know, that, that would not have been possible without a lot of you actors and, and you know there's some fantastic performances in there uh, as well that I was really impressed with and stuff so whatever I whenever I do the uh, <laughs> whenever I host the uh, episode <laughs> I will go right. through the YouTube comments and search our comments for Andrew <laughs> and make well, them all about me so I actually have done this before myself yes yes I, I'm pulling something out of your <laughs> your playbook <laughs> for this episode oh man so, it's great. Yeah, no, thank, thank you all for your support, either when it comes to Derek Magnum or, or the audio dramas itself. And um, for those who don't know, now you know with the news and uh, check the stuff out. But uh, yeah, those are the uh, the fan comments. Over to Andrew on the shout-outs. Oh, man. Thanks, everybody. So we want to thank, let's see, Slight, Slight Rebellion off Madison, Meteor P, Michael W, Bruce K, Tita, Sketchcraft, Kyle B, Darren P, Devin, Titbout, Renee V, and J.P. F and everybody above and below, whether they be Patreones or other supporters, thank you guys for always being there for us. And we would like you to do us a favor. We want you to tell all your friends about it. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 